0: Welcome to Come Follow Me On The Go. My name is Kylie, and this podcast is designed for families and children that are in the car and on the go. In each podcast episode, I will be sharing brief stories from the Come Follow Me lesson plans. I will also provide questions that families can pause the podcast and discuss and chat and grow closer together as a family unit and closer to Christ while they are in the car and on the go. Okay, welcome back to Come Follow Me On The Go. This week, we are entering the book of Galatians, which are the letters that Paul wrote to the people living in Galatia. So we're gonna go about this probably a little bit out of order, but hopefully it all makes sense. So in case you love maps or are studying geography, Galatia is now where Turkey is. And Paul was writing his letters from being in Rome. But we're going to learn about how Paul came to stay with the Galatians and preach to them. So in chapter 4, verses 12 through 17, we actually learn that Paul ended up staying with the Galatians because he was physically injured. And that they were like so loving and caring and took really good care of him physically. He even explains it as, like they loved him so much and would do anything to help him that they would have plucked out their own eyes to give to him if he couldn't see. Um, and then through that, he serves them. So in verse 13, which stood out to me, it says, Ye know how through infirmities of the flesh, right, his injuries, he was injured, I preach the gospel unto you first. So Paul had been stoned previously in probably Antioch is what? most people think. And because of this stoning, he was injured and he had to stay with them till he was physically better. But instead of just staying and being bedridden, laying there, not able to do anything, not able to work, he used his time to preach the gospel and to serve them in the only way he could at the time. So my little question for this verse 13 or one of my questions is, Make a list. What are simple ways that you can serve those around you, even when you yourself are struggling? And for you kiddos, why do you think Heavenly Father asks us to serve others, even while we are in our own trials and challenges? Why do you think that is? All right, also in chapter 4, in verse 18, Paul teaches the Galatians that it is good to be zealous, zealously engaged in doing good things. And not to just do good things when Paul is there. So he's teaching them that we should develop an internal, so from within, our heart always is happy and wants to help and serve others. It shouldn't be because we were asked by our bishop. It shouldn't be because we want someone else to see or because we just listened to conference and now we feel like we should. But the goal is to always have that desire to serve. So one little thing I've learned in my life is almost every time that I have felt inside of my heart like, oh, I don't have it in me to go serve them right now. Oh, I don't want to. I'm just in a bad mood. Um, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. Almost every time I have felt that and ignored it and acted regardless. I have been blessed more than the people I have served. So that is a really good sign in the gospel to me of if you're not wanting to do it, you don't feel like you have the energy or the capacity, do it. Your heavenly father wants to stretch you. He wants you to grow. He wants to bless you in some way or another. So the question that I have for this little section is, is there a time that you can think of that maybe you didn't want to do that charitable active of service but you did it anyways okay so chapter 6 verse 9 feed really well into um verse 18 from chapter 4 paul teaches us that we don't want to get wary of doing. So he's saying we don't want to get tired of doing charity or serviceable things. Um, weary can also mean like bored or frazzled. We don't want to be overwhelmed by it. So I think it's a good reminder that yes, we should always try to serve when and where we can, even if we sometimes don't feel like we want to. Ask yourself, but can I? Right? We don't Heavenly Father doesn't want it to make you more stressed or more frazzled so you're not meeting the emotional and physical needs of your own family and on the flip side he doesn't want you to not serve just because you're bored just because it sounds boring to go rake leaves so Paul is just teaching us to check ourselves and to watch to not get wary of it and so my question is how do you not get wary and if we're talking about wary as in tired how do you not get sick of always being the one to go and help. Okay, so we're still in chapter four, and the whole reason that Paul in this letter is reminding them of how he came to them in a time of need, how he still in turn served them, and taught them the gospel, is because he's actually kind of getting after them. They are starting to listen to these, like, false prophets, and they're thinking less about Paul and about Jesus or the truths of Jesus. And so he's asking them, like, how are you so quick to forget what you've been taught and what you felt? And he's reminding them, these people that are teaching you things, they're only doing it to to benefit from you. They want you to listen to them. They want you to serve them. So my question for you is, have you had the opportunity to repent because you have forgotten to follow Jesus in some way? And how did you feel after? Okay, we are going to rewind and go to chapter 3, verse 29, And in this verse, we learn that if you belong to Christ, then you are now one of Abraham's seed, whether directly through blood or now you are adopted and you are one of Abraham's seed. And you are now heirs to the promised blessings of Abraham. So you can chat about two things if you'd like. One, how do you belong to Christ? And two, do you know any of those blessings that were promised to Abraham? Okay, back into chapter 4, verse 6. Um, we learn in this verse, Paul teaches the Galatians and us, that our Heavenly Father sent our Savior Jesus Christ for many reasons. But one of them is so that when we become one of, with Christ, when we belong to Christ, that we can then build an intimate relationship with our Father. Um, and what the word intimate means is just personal and close. So one of the little hints that we get from this verse that teaches us this is Paul quotes um, the Savior, or repeats what the Savior says earlier, but he refers to our Heavenly Father as Abba, comma, Father. So that can be interpreted. A lot of people will say that Abba means like Papa, like your or Daddy, right? Something really familiar. And something you would say to your dad on a very personal level, right? When you go to communicate with him. Um, So Heavenly Father wants us to have that with him. Our Savior wants us to have that deep personal relationship with us. But additionally, Abba can also, well it doesn't also, it's kind of a two-pronged definition. So we also learn that the word Abba can mean, I will obey or to be obedient so we want to have a personal relationship and know our Heavenly Father but we also want to have a willing heart that will obey what he asks us to do because he has our best interest in heart so this little sentence right here in verse six could also be saying I will obey father right instead of it being redundant and saying daddy and then father it could be saying Like, yes, I will obey. I will be obedient, Dad. Okay, so my question for this section is, when you take the time to pray, when you kneel down, when you say it in your heart, when you maybe journal your prayers, what can you do to better fill that personal connection while you pray? What are some ideas that you could do? Mm -hmm. Okay, we are still in chapter 4, but we are going to jump to verse 31. And in this verse, Paul teaches these members of the gospel that when we belong to Christ, when we are born of Christ, we are now free. We are free men. So what does that mean? Like, what are we free from? Does that make sense? Like, And that can apply, think outside of the box, spiritually, physically. Mentally, emotionally, what can we, we be free from because of Christ? Okay, I am going to try my best to explain these next verses in a fun way. We are going to be in chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. And Paul is telling these members that they have run the race well, right? They've been running it so good. But then he asked them, who is it that is hindering your obedience? So I pictured in my mind when I read this, I don't know how many of you guys play basketball, but you can screen someone in basketball, right? You can be running down the court, dribbling the basketball, and someone can just step in front of you and stand still, and you'll like run into him, right? That will Block your forward progression of where you're trying to go. So, Paul's asking them, like, who is it that is hindering your race? Who is blocking you and not allowing you to get by? And then he throws in there this little verse that almost doesn't seem to fit because he went from running to baking bread. And I was like, what the heck? Why are we baking bread now? He says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So he's saying just a little bit of yeast will rise a whole loaf of bread. And then he comes back to like I trust that you will make the right choice. You won't let this person who's screening you in the basketball game not not make it so you can't get the basketball hoop it like shoot a hoop and make make a score. Obviously, I don't play basketball very much, you guys. Um, so he's trusting them. He's like, I am confident that you will be wise and not let that person block you. Instead, whoever's blocking you will be judged for their own actions. So I was sitting there like, okay why did we why did we sidetrack to bread in the middle of this race? And the thought that came to my mind was, he's giving us an example. like we can either choose to run our race, And to step around whatever temptation is blocking us in our race to get to Christ and back to our Heavenly Father and choose good to raise and rise us up like a bread loaf will. Or the same thing can happen in the opposite, right? If we allow that person who screened us on the basketball court to divert us from our path, our loaf will still rise. But it's not going to rise towards Christ. Or it's not going to rise in a beneficial way. I I hope that makes sense. Basically, he's saying your choices have consequences. Doesn't matter what choice you make. It'll either rise up for your benefit or it'll rise up for your destruction. Okay, this next verse is verse 14. And we all know this scripture, I'm sure. Or you've at least heard it. But it says, to love thy neighbor as thyself. And when I was a teenager, there was this wonderful man who gave me a little bit of advice and it was just his own thought. So take it for what you will. But he said he likes to use that verse as also a reminder that we have to love ourselves because if we don't love ourselves, we can't very effectively love other people. So the little activity, it's not really a question. The little activity is just Take some time and share with your family members three things that you love about yourself and then flip it and share three things that you love about every person in the car and just build each other up. Okay, I love verse 16 probably because I am like a learner through doing so I have an idea of what to do with my kiddos. But um Paul says, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So he's saying, let's simplify that, right? He's saying that our spirits and our natural man are opposites. So he's saying, Whatever you feed is what's gonna win, right? So he's telling you, do all the spiritual things, feed your spirit. Because then what you want to do because of your natural man, you're not gonna give in to it. So discuss some of the things that you guys think our spirit naturally is inclined to want. And then see are you doing those frequently? Are you doing those often? Mm-hmm. So in chapter 6, verse 8, it ties really well into the scripture. Paul's teaching them that whatever you soweth, you reapeth, right? So that remembers whatever seeds we plant is what we're going to gather. And he teaches them, if you are sowing seeds of the natural man or of your flesh, as he says it, you're going to reap or collect corruption. But if you are sowing seeds of the spirit, you're going to be reaping eternal life. Okay, so... Paul also says in verse, or in chapter 5 verse 25, he teaches the Galatians that if you're going to live in the Spirit, they need to also walk in the Spirit. So what he means by that is we shouldn't hold on to these Christian ideas and just hold them. We need to actually do them. So right, it's practice what you preach, it's apply what you've heard. So We've done this before in past episodes, but just look back at the last conference or the last Sunday you were there. What did you feel impressed? What did you learn in class? And how are you applying that in your life now? Alrighty, that is all that I have for you guys this week. I hope that you guys were able to grow grow closer together as a family and closer to Christ while you are in the car and on the go. Have a good week.